What's up, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to one of the fastest growing wrestling podcasts in the world, known as the Daddy Fino Show. And of course, it is hosted by two of your homies. First, me, your boy, Daddy Fino, Bay Bay. And my co-host, the one and only Sasha, the legit king. Sasha, say what's up to the people, please. What's up, people? How you doing, Sasha? I'm okay, you know. Living to fight another day, fighting the good fight, all that other stuff. Any other bad picture I can think of. It's all there. Yeah, I'm okay. How are you? I'm good. Um, I'm doing I'm doing well. You know, we're in the, the road to WrestleMania. The it's road to revolution. Good. I mean, there's a lot of roles to take, <laughs> and I'm 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 ready for this journey. Yeah, I mean, we have no choice. We're here, <laughs> right? <laughs> like this is this is crazy. Uh, you know, like I said, you got Revolution tomorrow night. Um, we'll we'll definitely break that down and give our our little preview for that one. Um, this was also a week of interviews. Had a lot of interesting interviews and a lot of shocking uh, surprises all week. I mean, it's it's been crazy. It's been really, really crazy. Um, So how about we just go ahead and jump into it? Um, This was a bit of a surprise to me. So let's go ahead and start with the quick shits. Um, And this is going to be a tough one for you uh, because this is one of your favorite uh, wrestlers in the world. Um, but Cesaro, Cesaro has not cho- has chosen to not sign back with the WWE. Uh, it looks like contract talks uh, fell off. They weren't happy with the money, you know, being offered to Cesaro. Um, what are your thoughts on Cesaro and his future? I think I mentioned it last episode that this just seems to be an unfortunate pattern. I feel like. Every, sh- every other show, it's like somebody that I really enjoy is getting released. But I mean, I'm, I'm sad, but I'm not surprised. Um, I think you, you texted me, you told me. And for that brief moment, I was like, oh, and then I just thought about it. And I'm like, yeah, they just, if there was ever like a personification of just dropping the ball, with somebody in WWE, I feel like that would be Cesaro because for a while, just Cesaro was like the hottest thing going. And it's just like, I understand, you know, I guess your main complaint could be like, maybe he wasn't a strong promo, but there's ways to work around it. But he had everything just freakishly strong, had a connection. Like you remember when the Cesaro section was like, so amazingly hot like they had those signs it was just and I was there at Wrestlemania 30 when he won the Andre the Giant uh, Memorial Battle Royal and he like literally picked the big show up and threw him out it was amazing so I don't know I just I thought last year when he had his his little dance the main event with Roman man I felt like that was definitely one of the few that needed the crowd. I feel like if the crowd was there, maybe there would have been a chance. But uh, I don't know. I'm disappointed and I'm sad. I don't know where he's going to end up. I know wherever he ends up, he's going to do great. 
you know, people are like, maybe he'll end up in AEW, maybe Impact. Um, I heard Jim Cornette talking about like, his idea would be to have him go away for a year and just try to figure out what he wants to do and use that time to just kind of, you know, freshen himself up and then come back and just start kicking ass. So I'd be happy either way, but I'm disappointed. Um, I One of some of my favorite matches that I feel like nobody saw was him versus the late, you know, Brody Lee. They used, they were having some bangers on like main event and superstars, like where you had to like wait till Thursday and either like log into the network or catch it on Hulu and watch it. And that's what I would do for like a week, like a month straight every week. I'd try to catch their matches. It was him and Brody Lee and then Brody Lee and Jack Swagger they had some real bangers. So I'm disappointed. What do you think? So what's crazy, um, the other night I watched uh, WWE 24. Uh, it was the WrestleMania 37 edition. Um, it was the day one. And that's where Cesaro fought uh, Seth Rollins and had his you know first singles match in WrestleMania. Um, and, you know, he got the big win and, you know, you had the, the 23 Cesaro swings and it was the crowd was just going crazy they absolutely loved him um and i agree with you i think if that that push that he got that feud with roman if that had been in front of a crowd you know i think that would have made his win against seth rollins even bigger than it you know i already think it was a, a great deal and i thought he would get that push after it um it didn't happen but I've always respected the hell out of Cesaro. He can have a great match with anyone. Um, I still, like, my favorite Cesaro match is actually in uh, NXT UK. He had a match with Dragunov. I think it was Dragunov's first match um, at one of the UK uh, takeovers, I think it was. And such a great match. I mean... Oh man, you thought Walter and Dragunov tore the house down. Him and Cesaro went crazy, um, and that's that's just you know, so that just shows how his abilities, how great his abilities were. Um, and then let's not even talk about you know his his tag team runs. You know, first with TJ, and then with the Bar. You know it. it he was just an excellent in everything he did. He was the perfect guy. If you want someone to go over and have a great match to put that, that person over, put him with Cesaro. And Cesaro's going to make him look like a million bucks. Um, I yep. wish Cesaro would have gotten that chance to be the, the, the star that he really could have been. I mean, they called him the sweetest Superman. So, you know, he could have really, they could have really built on that, you know. It's unfortunate, um, but I am excited to see where he's going to go next. Um, yeah, it's the head scratcher. He was there for a long time, too, and it was just, I remember when he started as Antonio Cesaro, and I think he was, like, yodeling or something. Yeah, and he was on, some stupid American shit. And um, Zeb Coulter's ridiculously... <laughs> Um, the we like, the people <laughs> so I feel so like, like hopefully nobody gets pitchforks out on me those signs that Zeb Coulter would like bring out were terrible but 
like they crack me up every time I see it. I don't know why. Like I don't know, but the whole gimmick was ridiculous. It wouldn't have, it wouldn't fly now. I know that for sure. But back then it was it was great. It was pretty great. So like again, just sad and disappointed. But like I said, I hope he just pops up somewhere and just takes over because he has it. Like it's yeah, it's, it's there. They, I just wish they had done more. I just feel like every time I turned, he was in a tag team. Like he made the best of it yes, every time. He did. Everybody remembers the infamous, you know, grabbing the brass ring, and it's like you do everything you can, and he did. And for whatever reason, they just wouldn't. They didn't give him the ball all the way. So yeah, like I remember one of the things they talked about in that thirty-seven, uh, twenty-four thing um, was that promo he did on Talking Smack, and it was like him just that was the first time I feel like you actually got to know Cesaro mm-hmm. he just put his heart and passion on the line and just spoke the damn truth and it was it was great it was just really great and like I said that that's unfortunate they didn't capitalize on it I don't know what the money difference was because you know he wasn't released but he was you know they just they, his contract expired so I mean, yeah. he can turn up anywhere tomorrow. Yeah. He could be on Revolution. Like, even though I have I, read some reports that AW hasn't reached out to him or anything like that. Um, I think that's a mistake. They got a lot going on, too. Like, I they do. Know. I know they can't probably, they don't need another name, but I mean, if there was a name. You couldn't go wrong with Sarah. Like, yeah, like, it, yeah, he would. He makes that he would make everyone there better. So, you know, it it just would be great. But at the end of the day, you know, wherever he goes, he's going to be successful. Um, We know that. Uh, Hopefully he just travels around and goes wherever. Uh, You know where I would love to see him in New Japan. Yeah, that's what Jim said, too, that they would love him over there. He went to New Japan. Oh, my God. The matches he can have with Okada and Naito and... Ibushi do you think home. that would be so do you think if he went to New Japan and just like tore it up do you think he could eventually come back to WWE like if he just I will say this Cesaro is not done with the WWE it's like the Drew McIntyre effect just like you go you leave I can go. see it I can see it he has a lot of connections to the WWE and the WWE, believe it or not, does love Cesaro. They didn't see him as a superstar. You know, they ain't seen Roman level, but they respect the hell out of him. You don't give him all those opportunities as far as tag teams and put him in that Dolph. He was like that Dolph Ziggler role, too. Like, Vince loves those guys. He loves, he, he does. Now, the reason probably he didn't get the money is maybe Cesaro wanted, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know what the difference was in money, you know, but. But he's been there a long time. He's been a workhorse. And I mean, yeah. And I, I don't I think, know why you wouldn't give him the money. Like, but either way, like, I, again, I just feel like this would have been a totally different story. This probably wouldn't even been a story right now. If the crowd was there when he got his push with Roman. Because I felt like that could have been like a Daniel Bryan Kofi moment. Like all he needed was that crowd. He's finally getting his opportunity. I feel like it could have been a moment, but one hundred percent agree. 
just didn't play out that way and I wish it had but just all the best to Cesaro I hope he comes back and I hope well even if he doesn't I just I just want the best for him because he deserves he deserves the world I just I hope he he just gets his shot and just blows it out of the water because he's amazing but uh, I hope we don't do any more of these on this show <laughs> well look I mean, I'm shaking in my boots for Pete Dunn. Like, I do no, not. no, no, no. I, I don't think you got to worry about that. I don't think you got to worry about that at all. Um, I, I got a, you know what? We'll talk about NXT 2.0 coming up too. Um, I wanted to ask you about talk about something that you need to start watching if you haven't been. Um, but we'll get that. We'll get into that just in in a few minutes. Let's go on to someone else who I believe deserves the world. Uh, in fact, you know, I think yesterday was the perfect start to it. Um, my boy Ricochet, Ricky O'Shea, yeah, is the new intercontinental champion after defeating Sami Zayn with the help of the Jackass. But it doesn't matter to me because Ricochet is the intercontinental champion. He is finally. A champion again in the WWE, becoming the first man in WWE history, by the way. I don't know if you know this, to become the Intercontinental Champion, the United States Champion, and the NXT North American Champion. Of course, I know. Instagram told me a couple hours ago. <laughs> yeah, they, Twitter told me like the minute it happened. I was like, oh shit. <laughs> I didn't even realize that. But yes, he is. Ricochet got the title. Huge win. You know, uh, Sami Zayn had. You know, uh, a two-week reign, and he'll go on to face Johnny Knoxville at WrestleMania. But <laughs> I'm actually excited for it. The crowd loves Johnny Knoxville. His 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 reactions is crazy. I cannot uh, believe this. I remember for our younger viewers out here, like this Jackass thing is not new. Like that was what 2000 Jackass came out. That was like something like that. Years ago, I cannot believe this is still. A, oh my goodness, <laughs> where is like somebody dig Bad Bunny? I'd rather watch Bad Bunny do it all over again. Like, we have enough. Nah, like, nah, Logan look, Paul, Johnny, Johnny come on, yo, I want to see that as a hardcore match. That's that's what I want to see. No disqualification match at WrestleMania, Johnny Knoxville versus Sami Zayn. Make it happen, Vince. Make it happen. I, I think that would be crazy. I can't. Let's keep going. Like, I'm just saying. But, you know, you're right. Let's get back to Ricochet. Okay? Let's go. That's, that's one of, as you know, that's one of my favorite wrestlers. Um, I wanted him in WWE for the longest time. You know, seeing his work in New Japan. Um, you know, in, in, in um, God, what's the name of that promotion? Lucha Underground? Lucha Underground. I was going to say AAA, but I think he was also in AAA. Um, you know, I've always loved his matches. One of his, my favorite matches of all time is him and Will Ospreay. You know, and one of my dream matches is to see Ricochet and Will Ospreay at WrestleMania. I think they will just tear the house down, put them first, and the, it's over for the rest of the show. Um, but I'm just so excited for him. You know, I don't know who he's going to face at WrestleMania. I would assume he has to defend that title or he should defend the title. Um, but, you know, I, I was just listing names and thinking about it. At first, I thought maybe Sheamus, but then 
Sheamus is feuding with New Day right now. Um, so I'm not sure who's going to step up to face Ricochet. But if Ricochet can get that one-on-one match and win it, defend the title successfully, I think this is the the run that he needed. Um, do he, you think he's going to get it? Or do you think this was just a way to get the title off Sami Zayn and add heat to his feud with Johnny Knoxville? Well, at first it was just like, hmm. there's annoying each other going back and forth. Now it's kind of like there's more at stake because he just cost him his belt. Like, do you think, not to say that Ricochet doesn't deserve it, because he does, but I just wonder, was this more of a, a way to advance the Sammy Johnny story? Well, the weird part about it all was, you know, he was teaming up with Cesaro against Sheamus and them, and, um, and um, <laughs> the other guy. Um, and then Rich Holland. Rich Holland. I was I was gonna say Madcap, but that's the wrong person. Oh, um, Lord. <laughs> and you know, I thought maybe they were going to you know, but they were using him more and more. Then he got a big win against Sheamus, you know. So he's been getting this momentum. I I think they're maybe starting to hear the reaction for him. Plus, they need someone like him in that role. Uh, they need a high flyer. They really don't have any high flyers anymore. Um, that's popular. You know, you don't have that Jeff Hardy anymore. So he can fill kind of that Jeff Hardy role. Um, if he gets a nice little run, has some great matches, maybe tear the house down at WrestleMania against somebody, you know, I, I, I can see it. Um, I, I think they're, I think they're going to be behind him. I, I think, I'm not expecting a year-long run or anything like that, but I can see him being used more. Uh, I'm just and and definitely on SmackDown. You know, SmackDown loves using, in my opinion, SmackDown uses everybody more than on Raw. So it's just overall better production. So I I could definitely see them behind Ricochet. What do you think? I again, I think Ricochet does deserve it. I'm just having a hard time coming up with who he can go, who he can go against because my mind keeps kind of pulling towards thinking about all the people that they let go. Like, tell me you wouldn't want to see Ricochet and Ali for like 15, 20 minutes or something. Like, I would love to see that shit. Like, oh, shit, Ricochet honestly, and I, I was about to say that I thought if anything. Ricochet versus Cesaro would have been yeah like uh, again yeah. I'm just like pulling names of people I could think of and Ali was the first person I thought of but then like yeah if you know Ricochet and Cesaro were literally just teaming up that would have been great it's just man they're just running I, yeah I don't know and... who's I don't know who's left yeah because it's but... like all the people that he would have I just don't know everyone's anymore. paired off I feel like now that I'm thinking about it you know, um, I, the Nakamura, I was thinking maybe Nakamura, but Nakamura got attacked by the Usos. Yeah. And I, I texted you when that happened, when I saw it happen. I'm thinking that's going to be, you know, Nakamura and Boogs versus the Usos at Mania. I'm happy for that. Um, yeah, it's not exactly the match that I would want for the Usos, but then I can't really deny that. Shinsuke and Boogs have really just turned a really odd pairing into something. Like they were even like in a Toyota commercial. Yep. Yesterday, and Boogs, the crowd loves him. Exactly. It's just like Freddie Mercury now, but 
I get, I dig it. It's not what I would. It's not that classic that I would want, but I'm not mad at it. Right, and and Nakamura, I was worried that Nakamura may not even be on Mania. So definitely after having a long run as the Intercontinental Champion, so if this is their setup, I'm fine with it. Um, you know, maybe this can lead to Nakamura maybe moving up. Maybe he's he could face Roman one day, and that that would be great. I don't know if they ever had a one on one. Um, so I mean that's definitely a possibility. Uh, but as far as yeah, I, I don't know who's left for him. Maybe they bring someone up from NXT. Uh, you know, I, that would be pretty cool. You know, NXT old NXT versus new NXT. Um, you know, names yeah. I can think of maybe Grayson Allen. Oh, uh, not Grayson Allen. Wow, Grayson Grace Waller. Waller. Uh, I don't want to mention Grayson Allen right now. I'm still upset that Duke lost on Coach K's last day. Um, yeah, it just made oh. me think of it. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm a little heartbroken today. Um, but anyway, uh, you know, Grayson Waller, maybe. I, I mean, I don't know. But that's going to be a busy weekend for NXT 2.0. And like I said, we'll get into that in just a few minutes. Um, but speaking of another new champion this week, was it? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, this week. Um, on Monday Night Raw, Finn Balor became the new United States champion, defeating Damian Priest. Uh, and then after the match, Damian Priest turned heel and attacked Finn Balor, uh, which I'm really, really excited about um, because I like Damian Priest as a heel. I like him as a face, uh, but I, him as a heel, I can see that role. Uh, he played it really well in NXT. Yeah, I miss his Archer of Infamy and his Party Boy wave. I miss that. Yeah, like I I do too. And if they could bring that in, um, also with his demon side, I I definitely can see the demon showing up at WrestleMania. Yeah, that would be cool. See, that's like already. I mean, I know they don't want to do like recalls. I mean, there was a time that they were all doing rematches, but I wouldn't mind seeing that. That'd be cool. The demon and the Archer of Infamy. Yeah, like that's that's pretty dope. So I, you know. I got to say right there, you know, I like that they already have a pairing for Finn Balor. Uh, I like that Balor has a title, so that makes him, you know, he he was off TV for a while, um, maybe like a month or so, and mm-hmm. then came back, and now he's the champion, and now he has a feud going into WrestleMania. That's going to help Priest get better. Obviously, Finn in the spotlight, I'm loving it. Um that's definitely that seems more concrete than what's going on with ricochet right but the thing is we're what four weeks away from yeah about four weeks (coughs) excuse me so we got time to set up a new um challenger for ricochet you know they can maybe have like some type of tournament or something smackdown likes to do stuff like that um so we got plenty of time you know, I mean, every match so far has been set up pretty quickly, but they've been set up hey, quickly like in good the, ways. Yeah, some of the matches like we <clears throat> talked about are coming true. We're gonna get AJ Styles and Edge. Yes, I didn't see Edge being the heel, but I didn't see that either. And what a hell of a way to end Raw. Yeah, and then we're well, actually, this was you that predicted this. Um, Austin Theory. I know that we're gonna talk about Vince later, but I I reported it. Well, on, yeah, you, on, you did it. I reported it on February 25th. You did. No, 24th. 24th. By everyone from motherfucking Dave to to um Sam Roberts to Chris Van Valet 
to all these guys, all these Raj, even even John Canton. Oh, saying Vince, Vince, no, your boy Daddy Fino had the inside scoop. Austin Theory versus my boy Pat McAfee. I can't wait, and I don't know if you saw the the thing yesterday of how it started, but loved it. Pat McAfee is a golden child. I I would love for even one day. I wouldn't even mind him as champion one day. I'm just saying. I don't care what title they give him. Just give him something. As long as not 24-7. Give him him like an intercontinental title or something. Like, I just want to see him with something. He is is great. He is my favorite. He's in my top three favorite things in WWE right now. Um, We already know who's the one, you know. We oh, won, but other than that, you know, it's yeah, it, it's WrestleMania is looking good. I'm excited. I know a lot of people are are mad. Oh, they're using part timers or they're using celebrities. WrestleMania has always been that. WrestleMania has always had celebrities. So I, mean, I know this is our quick shit, but I have a question. So do you remember the the build up to WrestleMania 31 and how everybody felt about that? And then what it turned out to be, do you think this will be similar? So far, yes. I mean, WrestleMania 31 to me was a top three WrestleMania. It was. Do you remember the buildup to it? Everything was, yeah, everyone was so down on it. I was kind of down on it. I'm not going to lie. Because it it was like. Amazing. Yeah, they just let them go. That was the one WrestleMania. And it was a, it, it had everything you could want. I mean, it had great matches. It had great moments. You know, just some off the top of my head, the Seth Rollins thing. You had The Rock returning with, and then Ronda Rousey. Like, you had all these it things. It felt like it was the best WrestleMania of that decade, like, by far. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean. Yeah, from 2010. Yeah, that's great open, Great opening match. Great championship match. WrestleMania moments, celebrity. I mean, it, it had everything. And this one, I'll be honest, I don't see a bad match. Like, the worst match you can say that's on this WrestleMania, just on paper, is what? The the women's tag team title match, if anything? And that's and only, I, and that's only because... You don't want to see Drew McIntyre and Baron Corbin, but that's me. I, I think that's going to be a, like a, a destroy. Like, he's going to squash him. I, I really think he's just going to squash him. I don't um, want to see Drew doing something else. <laughs> I get it. And Drew did comment on that. He was like, look, this is just going to be the start. Don't worry. I'll be back. Yeah, I know. I know. But and and he needed something. He needed. He wasn't going to be in the title picture. So, you, I mean, yeah, you can put him against someone else, like someone big. But he's already faced pretty much everyone. Let's just get him a win. He lost last year. Let's let's start the momentum now. I mean, let's get him a couple wins. You know, by SummerSlam, he'll be feuding with Roman or something. Maybe because like that. I miss bum ass Corbin. That's what I really think is the problem. I really. Oh, miss. you think this could be? When this can turn him back. Out, like, yeah, this can take really away his miss. smile. I don't know. I I just wish they had kind of. I was telling my husband about that last night. I wish they had kind of just run with that a little more. That was great. But anyway, but I don't know. I just I am still kind of waiting to see i don't have that buzz yet but it's still wrestlemania and i'm still gonna watch i was just curious like 
the build-up has just been okay. But I wonder if it's just going to translate into a better show. Because to be honest, I feel like the last couple of WrestleManias have just been okay. Like, they've maybe had, like, a moment or two. But, like, last year was really one of the better WrestleManias I felt they've had in a long time. Because you had Becky, not Becky, you had uh, Bianca and Sasha. Yeah. You had the, that surprise that Big Bunny pulled out. You had mm-hmm. um, Seth and Cesaro. And I loved the main event on night two with Roman, Brian, and Edge. That was pretty wild. So, oh, I'll tell you this. What's good, what's good about this mania, too, is we had, like you said, Bad Money last year. The shock was Bad Money. But this year, we may have like three. I guess. Because Pat McAfee going to show up. Well, yeah, that's that's a, that's a lot. Shocker, though, like we've known that. Like, okay, okay, so I I think Johnny Knoxville going to show out. Johnny Knoxville, but he's going to entertain. He's going to entertain. Like, health issues or something? Like, is this I don't know, but he's a crazy motherfucker. So if he dies on the WrestleMania stage, that's a moment. You know what oh. I mean? I'm just saying, he, like that would be like the the greatest thing for him. I could see Johnny Knoxville jumping off the Titan Tron. Like I, I'm, I'm telling you, he's gonna we fill that Shane role. He's fifty. We don't. He's actually gonna be fifty-one by the time WrestleMania rolls. He's oh, jumping he's... off the top of something at WrestleMania. No thanks. I want to see it. I, I want to see a no disqualification match between him and uh, no disqualification false count anywhere it can be last man standing if they want Sami Zayn versus Johnny Knoxville let's do it make it happen Vince that's my new tagline and that on the shirt make it happen Vince no thanks what let's get on to the next thing let's 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 go on to the next quick shit because we could talk about that all day we're gonna have a lot to talk about Wrestlemania in a future episode as we do our Wrestlemania preview uh, we got, we actually, this month, we're going to have two more episodes before Mania, which is crazy. And I'll have more details about that later on in the show. But the next thing we're I want to talk about, in. huh? We're almost a year in. We are. We're almost a year in. In fact, I think the, it's our first show, the, the WrestleMania preview, or was that the second show? I can't remember. It was well, when when did we do the WrestleMania preview? I want to say that was like two or three shows in. Two or three shows again. Okay. okay. But yeah, we are almost one year. We gotta look that up. We gotta it definitely three, look. It three was sh- episode three. Episode three. Okay. Do you know the date for that? Episode uh three was April 4th, but our very first episode mm-hmm. day March 19th. March 19th. Yep. Okay. All right. Ooh, that's, like- that's actually pretty cool. Uh, and I'll tell you why uh, for the viewers later on in the show. I uh, don't want to spoil that surprise yet. Um, but let's get on to the last quick shit. Uh, and I'm going to let you take this one over because I know you listened to it. I didn't get to listen to it in fully. I've only heard excerpts of this interview with Chris Jericho featuring Keith Lee. Uh, Sasha, please take over this one. So, this past week, Chris Jericho's newest episode of Talk is Jericho featured Keith Lee. 
And I was a little surprised because you really, I mean, Keith Lee doesn't do that many interviews, but I guess it makes sense because he's in AEW with Chris Jericho. And of course, one of the big topics was, you know, his release from WWE a few months ago, what led up to it, um, how he feels about being in AEW, how that came about. One thing that really, and I've seen this on some of the websites, that's definitely been a talking point was when Keith Lee was talking about Vince's vision for him and some things that Vince said that can definitely, they could be taken the wrong way. I could see how Bullshit. it could be taken the wrong way. But one of the things that Keith Lee mentioned was Vince had a problem with the way he spoke. And if you've ever listened to Keith Lee, he has like a very, I don't know how you would describe it. It's distinct. Very, very distinct. Yeah, he has like, I have an uncle who actually speaks the exact same way that he does. And he's very, he's kind of almost built like Keith Lee. He's very tall, he's very big, and they have that very distinct way that they talk. And he said that um, Vince wasn't a fan of it. And he said, he alleges that, well, he didn't allege, he said that Vince said, he sounds too smart for his own good. But when Keith Lee said it, he kind of laughed. So he didn't, I'm not sure if it was like a comfortable laugh, but it seemed like a genuine laugh. Like he was like, wow, he said that to me. But um, yeah, he just seemed, Vince seemed really just dead set on him playing this Bearcat character. You know, for a while he was Keith Bearcat Lee. Um, yeah. And he was talking about how Vince wanted him to be this intense guy and he's real grimy. And again, if you've heard Keith Lee talk and just his demeanor, he seems like a very laid back, chill guy, you know, and he can really turn it up when he's in the ring. But I guess I'm the same way. Like, I don't, I don't get riled up just on command. Like, you know, some people you can just say, I need you to get in, you know, get riled up and get like this, like you should do it. This is not easy for him. He said that in the interview. He said it's hard for him to get intense like that without it making sense to him. And he said he thought that was part of the reason why he was let go. In addition to all the time he missed because he got COVID and then he had a really bad heart issue after that. So, I mean, it just seems like from the moment Keith Lee came up, for whatever reason, it was just destined to fail. Like, it just didn't... Coming off of the pinnacle of his career, you know, in NXT, he was a double champion. It just seems like it was going great for him. He had that amazing showing with Roman, which he said in the interview, Roman let him pretty much call that final sequence with them two by himself, which is a huge rub. Um, I don't know, man. It just... It just seemed like for whatever reason, again, like we said with Cesaro, here you have this person, and Jericho even said it, who you who seems like Vince would love. Like this seemed like this this would be the guy. And they just kind of took away what made him special. They didn't really understand him. Um, I know you have some strong feelings about this, and I was actually this is the topic that I couldn't wait to hear you talk about because. You text me about it, so I really want to hear your your take on this. I'm very disappointed in Keith Lee. 
Now, I'm 100% in agreement with everyone when they say, yeah, WWE definitely dropped the ball with him. I understand that. But I think that, and I, I think what really, I don't know what came first. Was Keith Lee's interview first before Vince's? Um, I think Chris Jericho's show drops on Friday, but let me, it was either Friday or Wednesday. Let me check. Okay. Well, let's just say if it did, after listening to the Vince interview, I understand because that, that was an interview and I know we get into de- we'll get in more details with it later. Uh, where it was you yesterday. Got, it was yesterday it dropped? Okay. Yeah. So after listening to Vince and then reading the excerpts that I read from that interview with Jericho, I, the thing about Keith Lee, like, okay, the whole aggression part, he doesn't get mad or he doesn't have that he doesn't get riled up really quick and all that. I, I I get where he's coming from. But the thing is, I've seen Keith Lee. No, how do I say this? How do I say this? Okay. The thing about what, what really pissed me off about it and what disappointed me about Keith Lee is that I felt that in a way, I'm not saying he stuck up, but I felt like sometimes... You have to accept some changes, and I don't think he really tried to to change. Whether it was right or wrong, I don't feel like he he put in that effort to try. You know, there's some people that there's some people in the business that you know they'll uh, the perfect example I think would be like Cody. Cody hated Stardust, right? But he put his all in that character. And I actually liked it, enjoyed it. You know, I remember the thing with Stephen Amell. And that was a big thing. Like, he, he, as much as he hated being that character, he put 100%. And I don't feel like, based off what what, um, Keith Lee was saying, I don't even think he even tried to. He was just, once he he got it. He tried, but it was. I don't think he, I I mean, obviously I'm not there, so. You know, he said, I know he said something like he even got a superstar to like attack him in the back or something to punt or attack, you know, just to rile him up a little bit. But I don't know. I just didn't feel like he, he tried to to be what Vince want, whether right or wrong. You, you got to be more. Effort. And then another thing, I didn't see any fight in him to be like, Vince, no. Like, this is what I should be. Like, I mean, he, he said in the interview, what he said was when Vince approached him, he wasn't feeling it, but he took it as, okay, I work for you. This is what you want me to do. Yeah, that's but there's a, said. okay, but that's like, like at my job, like, for example, my boss can tell me something, but if I don't agree with it, you know, I can at least say, hey, all right, but what about this? Let's find a mutual ground. I think that's what that Vince really... How many but that times might not be in what he does like that? I get what you're saying. Like he should, you feel like he should have pushed harder. You know, he should have come to you said that middle ground with Vince. I get that, but he, I forgot to, I left this part out. He originally said, you know, I wasn't feeling it, so they let him be, you know, Keith Lee again. And he said one one night at Raw, 
Vince left the gorilla position in the middle of the show to pull him aside in a room and he tried to again get him on board with the Bearcat character. So Vince really wanted this. Okay, but that's that proves my point even more. Because but it's like if, if you're Vince... presenting this character and you're like, hold on. be intense, be grimy, like, what does that mean? Well, like, hold on, hold another on. angry big guy? No, no, no. There's that's not what he if if it's the vision I think that Vince had, it's not that he wanted him to be okay, yeah, grimy, you think, oh, like a like I mean, a beast. That's like a, used. Yeah. Right. So when you think grimy, you're thinking like a beast, like a cane or something. You know, when Kane was just a He said really intense. I I, I can see like it, the way I think Vince was thinking, and obviously I don't know for sure, but think like the Hulk, where you have you have you know Doctor Banner, but then in the snap of a finger, yo, you got the Hulk on your ass. Like if you think about Keith Lee, to me that should be easy for him. Because he has that calm demeanor. He has to talk that, even though Vince wasn't happy with it, that fits that role. That's like the perfect... I mean, how more perfect can you really think of a character for Keith Lee? I don't know. And now, look, I know Keith Lee has been successful everywhere he's been the way he is. I get it. But they never took away his abilities in the ring. They let him still do what he did. They changed his, you know, they might change his, you know, his look as far as they had him wear that, you know, the the double singlet thing, whatever you call it. But, I mean, they still let him do his thing in the ring. He was still aggressive in the ring. They just wanted to see that aggressiveness in the ring to the character. I don't know. But again, what was wrong with what he did before he was doing it before in the ring. Look at his feud with, with Adam Cole. What did he do to Adam Cole that became a meme? Right, but that's what I'm saying. Like, wh- why couldn't he keep doing that? Shoot, he look had the he... intensity. It was more natural. Like he was But they saying... wanted it to also be in his character. He wasn't doing it in his character. And you I can understand. the name Bearcat on him and we're like, hey, that's his character. His character before NXT was fine. He was big, well-spoken, large, athletic man who could beat your ass when the time was right. What's but that's what that? what that's what Bearcat is. That's what they no, wanted. It wasn't. That's that's what I interpreted the Bearcat thing to be. No. Then why? I don't know. I just think that he. I, I don't know. Maybe it's, uh, like I said, I'm a, I'm just I don't see that he fought. As hard as he probably should have. And maybe, you know, I, I still love the guy. Don't get me wrong. I still think, you know, he looked better in the ring this time. Uh, oh, last night's rampage. He looked a lot better. Still a little big for me, but it is what it is. I just don't see. I, I think every character needed work. I think Keith Lee, even though he was great in NXT. I think to make him a better superstar, I think Vince had a good idea. And I think that because the internet, you know, just loves Keith Lee, thinks he just stay the same. 
that they automatically shit it on it. And I think that's I think that's wrong. I I don't agree. I I feel like all the greats have said it. You know, the best characters are your are is you with the volume turned all the way up. That what that's what I felt like Keith Lee was. He didn't need to yell. He didn't need to be all that. That's who he was in NXT. Bring that over. That's who he was when he was going against Roman in Survivor Series, and the people loved it. If that's the case, if that's the case, then look at Roman. Look at Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins as himself was not working. Roman as himself was not working. But I feel like this version of Roman, I feel like that is Roman with the volume turned all the way up. You can tell with the confidence. You can tell. No, I don't. I I think he gained that confidence. But he didn't have. I think the Roman. But you can see some. You can see the way he talks. Some of the verbiage that he uses. You can tell that's how he talks. Like when he's with his boys or whatever. I can see him saying certain things. Or if he's upset, I can see him saying those things in real life. Of course, he's not gonna walk around saying I'm God mode or whatever like that. But you can tell some of that was in him. He needed the right just. He needed the right story. He needed the right time to bring this out. Keith Lee put him in a situation where you can bring that out. You gave him this this name. Nobody really, besides the historical reference to it, which I wouldn't have known unless I looked it up. I don't know. It just didn't feel authentic. It just felt like they were trying to put him in this box. And the whole point of NXT is that he was different. He was large, athletic. He was just the way he speaks is different. I don't know. It just didn't seem like... Yeah, we're just going to have to disagree with this one. I I don't... don't, I'm not mad at him for this. I think it I'm not mad at him. I'm just disappointed. That's all I'm saying. I think he... I don't know. It's just something about it. It was just very very disappointing to me. And... I feel like if it worked, why did you try to do so much more with it? Like, leave it alone. Let him take... What he has, let him grow. Put him, put Keith Lee in situations and have him react accordingly. To me, that's what helps build characters. Not everybody's going to have that linear progression of their character. I think some people lose sight of that. You're saying Cody Rhodes and Stardust. Okay, Cody Rhodes is a different talent. He's obviously has that in him to pull that out. Like, nobody else could do that. Like, I'm not, I don't think if you gave, like, CM Punk the Stardust gimmick, how do you think that would work? I think CM Punk would, he he 1,000% hate it. Exactly. I think he would kill it. He would try. Like I I I think Cody killed it. I think Cody, as much as Cody hated Stardust, he was good at it. But then you look at the other stuff he did. Like, he was dashing Cody Rhodes. He was great at dashing Cody Rhodes. Yeah, but he, but the way he is, he can do things like that. Like, he's that kind of... What's wrong with opening up uh, some more doors for yourself? That's all. There's nothing wrong with it. But the door that he was asking Keith Lee to open... I don't think it was that much of a big deal. It was just to show more aggressive, more aggression in your character. Not just in the ring. He had the aggression when it was logical to what he was doing. It made sense. You're asking him to be 
this her all the time even the way he speaks if he trust me like the way he speaks if he had tried to do that you could have told automatically he wasn't feeling that because he the, even the way he speaks it doesn't even sound authentic he has a very distinct way of speaking it would sound like i'm trying to be tough i'm trying to be you're a big but it already sounds like he's trying to be it, it sounds like i know but i don't I, I don't know we'll just like i said we'll just got to disagree i don't, I don't know it's one of those things where I, we'll just never know. Um, I mean, I, would, I still wish him the best, and he's gonna, he's gonna do. You know, he'll have a decent run in AEW. Um, he's not gonna reach the level that he would have reached in WWE, but he's gonna have a decent run. Um, do you think that's his fault that he's not? He he didn't reach. His oh, no, no, I'm not blaming. I think. No, no, I, I'm, just asking. I'm just asking. No, I I, I give him partial it partial credit for it you know but no it's all it's mostly wwe i mean don't get me wrong but the part i just wish he had fought more that's all i think vince wanted him to fight and he didn't fight for it and that at the end of the day he just lost his if anything i don't know i'm not gonna say he lost respect for keith but he, the favor he had for him, I think that went away. The, if Vince McMahon leaves production in the middle of Monday Night Raw to talk to you. Yeah, that's what he said. That tells me that Vince wanted this because Vince saw a lot in you. And when Vince closed that door after he left that, that room, you disappointed him. He gave you the opportunity to to be that person that to, that Vince wanted to see. Maybe if he could have just punched Vince, Vince would have fucking loved it. He could have had a full blown out argument with Vince, and Vince would have been like, like he would have took that and respected it. I think he lost a little respect for him. And I can I understand why. That's all I'm saying. This is an interesting dude. No one's gonna like what I say, but I, I just think that if you I mean, know I mean, if you know all the stories of Vince that we've heard, and you know, it makes like that's exactly what Vince wants, and he just didn't show it. He. And I, I think that's a big deal. So do you think if Keith Lee had come up and was left the exact same way that he was in NXT, like if Vince didn't try the whole Bearcat thing, mm-hmm. do you think that would have been enough to get him over on the main roster? Well, I already told you. I, I believe they dropped the ball on Keith Lee. Not yes. Just... So yes, no, I think they... that if they had just left him, yes, I think it would have worked. Which is why I say it's WWE, mostly WWE's fault. But if but if Vince wanted to change him, then at least show some fight. And I think think that would have helped him. But do you think he? I don't. I want. I don't want to speak for him. But so let's say that was you in that scenario, and you're coming up and you had this really hot streak, and 
you know, it was working. And you've seen people that have come before you and had things taken away from them that made them special. And it had already happened to him. Like, he even mentioned it in his interview initially. He was like, gear change, music change. Like, it, it started from the very beginning. Like, how would you feel about that? Yeah, I'm going to be upset. But I'm going to, like, I'm going to try, I'm going to, you know how many wrestlers have said, damn, I wish I would have knocked on Vince's door. But they was too scared to do it. Or they were, they just were nervous to do it and never did it. And they regretted it. It happened. We hear stories like that all the time. Yeah. The the wrestlers on top are the wrestlers that banged or knocked Vince's door in and talked to him. I remember Edge saying it was Edge or Steve Austin saying that if you really wanted to be a top guy, you had to be a little bit of an asshole. Like you had to really assert yourself. And, yeah, and that's but you know, I feel like that's why that. I don't. I can't. That's why I was like, yo. If you know this worked, you know this is working. It's like, all right, it's like, um, I, I'm gonna go back to sports real quick. This is Super Bowl, the Super Bowl with the Falcons and the Patriots. Patriots, I mean, uh, Patriots are down twenty-seven to three. They're getting killed. They come back. Matt Ryan should have said no. Fuck you to this play call. We run. We we're gonna run the football, and they would have won that game. Or if you go to the Patriots versus Seattle, instead of Russell Wilson passing the ball at the two yard line, they should have gave the ball to the running back, and they would have won that Super Bowl. Like you got to be adamant at it, because if you're not, you're gonna end up on the losing end. If you know something is working. You gotta fight for it. He did say that he told them he wasn't feeling it. Feeling it? That's not that's not fighting. To me, that's not fighting. And it's like I said, every top star knocked that door down and said, "Vince, let's talk." Or Vince, this is bullshit. Or but Vince. At the end of the day, this is Vince's company. Uh, right. So, like, but Vince fight, gains fight, more respect for fight. it. It, it he gains how many times we've heard the same story. Didn't seem like it happened this way. And and it should it should have if he had done it. I know everyone is not the same type of person is willing to do. I get it, but damn man, he was basically begging you to do it and you didn't do it. That's the way I interpreted the whole thing. Vince don't leave production production of Monday Night Raw in the middle of a show to talk to someone if he didn't want something from you. That's all I'm saying. But let's 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 stop with that because we already started with Vince McMahon. Let's go ahead and get into the main topics of today. And one of the main topics is of course Vincent Kennedy McMahon Jr. and his interview on the Pat McAfee show. Uh, a very, very, very different, interesting. I mean, you can basically say any word, any adjective that you want um, to this to this interview. Surprising, uh, whatever you want to say. 
I thought this interview was amazing. We saw a different side of Vince that a lot of people, I think, were shocked by. Um, we got a lot of insight inside the man that Vince McMahon is. Um, it, it was, I think, one of his, you know, the one of the best things that he said, um, and it was shocking to me because when you think of Vince, you know, everyone thinks of Vince as this like madman, this asshole, this, you know, just dominant person, which he is, but the side the different side of him that we saw was when he said that statement about, you know, if I got hit with a bus, you know, I just want that one second to say, thank you. Like that's not something that we would ever think Vince McMahon would say, at least me. I don't think I would have never thought Vince would be, would say something like that. And it, it just showed a very, very different side of Vince and that I was, it made me gain even more respect for my idol. Um, what were your thoughts about this interview, Sasha? I'm going to let you go first with it. I listened to a lot of Kirlene JR and even seeing some of those, some clips over the years. Like, um, I remember watching The Undertaker, The Last Ride, and just seeing how, you know, Vince would get kind of choked up. I'm not actually super surprised by this because if you if you just over the years if you listen to other people talk about him like you said that we all are just kind of buying into the eccentric bad man wrestling promoter it's not shocking like he just seems like he's a very emotional person like he's very I mean I, I would hope somewhere like he's not gonna freak out if he ever hears this but he seems a lot more sensitive than people give him credit for and that whole thing about him getting hit by the bus and wanting to say thank you, that wasn't exactly super surprising. Like, that seems like a, something he would say, especially that he's gotten older, too. You can tell he just seems a little bit more, you know, introspective because he's almost 80 years old. He's certainly not the... I think we're used to seeing, when we look at Vince, we're looking at Mr. McMahon. I think because he played that role so well and... He really just hammed it up, but Vince McMahon, the man, I wasn't really surprised. He talked about growing up poor and everything like that. Like, I wasn't surprised. It was really good, you know, to see him just kind of talk. And I always, the one thing I enjoy about his interviews is you can tell people seem kind of, even Pat, even though they've talked a lot off camera, it's still that kind of reverence for him. Like, okay, well, we don't want to bother you anymore. And he's like, no, no, let's just keep talking. I like when he does that in interviews. Cause I know he did that. Um, I think it was Stone Cold's, the Stone Cold interview that he did on the network a couple of years back. Yeah. Was, um, mm-hmm. It's like he owns the network and I'm like, that's a good point. You can't keep talking if you want to. Um, I think the part that kind of shocked me was when he talked about expecting more from his family. I mean, there was a lot of ways you could have taken that. So for me, <laughs> that would stand out of the interview. Like getting hit by the bus, saying he's gonna enter in induct Undertaker. Yeah, that's great. But that family part was like, whoa, what we got going on here? So well um I, can I say a comment on that? Um yeah. 
so that part, I think people took that the wrong way. Um, I understand why they would, the way he, he said it, but I don't think he meant it that way. I think that Vince has, as, as you, you know, heard in that interview, like, he has expectations, but they, there's no barriers. There's no ceilings. He hates the word ceilings. Like, he... He just keeps going and going and going. And I think that he wants everyone to be like that. And I think he he thought his family would be like that too. And I I just think he's he's such a unique individual. Like, I don't know if there's anyone ever, like, who could have done what he did, the way he did it, because of the person that he is. And he probably he, he he just compares everyone to himself in a way, and not everyone can be the hardworking, you know, twenty four seven always not working. I, I'm sorry, having fun guy, because um, he doesn't call it work um, that he is. So it's 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 just he was just basically saying like, I, you know, I can't compare them to me. That's the way I took it as. Not that so, they mean, didn't live up to his expectation. It was just like, well, no one can be Vince. So no one in my family is even me. Which but is- I mean, I would, I would argue that he had, I mean, if we're talking about just blood family, I mean, people would think he was talking about maybe Shane, because you know, Stephanie's pretty heavily involved in the business. But then... If you're talking about just family in general, I mean, you kind of had that with Triple H there before his his heart situation, and yes, and you no, know, yes, and no, took away everything. So yes, and no, he he, I think Triple H was the perfect person to succeed him. I, I think it was perfect, definitely into the age of wrestling that we're going into. Yeah, but. I don't know. I, I think that the thing about Triple H, as great as he was, there's things about him that maybe he he didn't see. Like he saw the wrestling side of the of the business, but there's the business side of the business that he didn't. That Triple H maybe was not um, keen to, and that didn't help a lot. And that's probably why. You know, but things I mean, which were changing because you need, you got to be both. Right. But I mean, Vince even said in the interview, you know, it's, it's good to surround yourself with really smart people. And he said he has done that. So, I mean, even if Triple H was, if that's any truth that he was lacking in the business sense, I mean, at the end of the day, no matter how much you want to slice it, I mean, you could say it's sports entertainment, but you're running a wrestling company. So you're, you you're, build... you're, you're running a wrestling business. Okay, At the end well, of the day, it's yeah. business. Well, and okay. that's well, that's one of the biggest thing business, that Vince is saying. But then you But then why not get him where he needs to be and help him surround himself with those business people? I feel like Triple H was the closest. No one's ever going to be Vince. You're absolutely right. Like Vince is a once in a lifetime character. But I think if anybody had a real shot at making a run for run for it and you know leaving the business in good hands it was triple h 
And I just feel like that argument that, oh, you just didn't have the business acumen. Okay. But, I mean, that's what you have. You surround yourself with people. He surrounded himself with people wrestling minds to make NXT what it was. I don't think it would have been out of the realm of possibility, especially with the connection that his father-in-law is to get the business side going too. So I don't know. I I, I really don't like that argument. People say that. Well, it, it I think the I think the that. part that would also probably fuse that too is the fact that when you know you look at the run NXT had as great it you know obviously it was great. It was one of the in my opinion, is one of the best times in wrestling history. Um, but, you know, it wasn't like NXT grew. That's, and I think that's probably one of the biggest part. You know, it had its fan base, but their fan base was the hardcore. It never reached the mainstream. And that's the part that I think Vince, you know, Vince said it. Branding is a big part. But I mean, would you, I guess my argument would be, I I get what you're saying. But I mean, the branding and, you know, when they came up, that was an issue that a lot of them had. As soon as you built them up to be something and they moved on, just like with Keith Lee, you took away what made them special. Yeah, but we're talking about you, you. You're talking about as an individual on the main roster. We're talking about, well, I'm talking about mostly the brand of NXT. The brand okay, of NXT so- never grew beyond, like even like NXT has stayed the same level from once it was hot to like throughout its entire run. It never grew. But I mean, was the mainstream audience what they were trying to go for, or was it us? I think that Vince wanted him to do both, and he—I don't think I Trips mean, so did that. Could there? That's why when people move up, that they could have done, they could have done more on, like when they had they included NXT on Survivor Series. That was pretty cool having it NXT. Was, but I mean, it... I feel like maybe they could have done more. Not so much NXT, but if you wanted to bring it more mainstream, there are things that maybe could have been put in place to be like, hey, let's have a couple of vignettes or let's have, you know, just some kind of little showcase for NXT people. Just something if you wanted to do that, if you wanted to cater. Otherwise, you're just giving them this hour to two hour slot on the network and then USA and say, hey, watch this. They're not. They're not gonna know what it is. Maybe they could. Maybe they could. If you're talking about the business sense, they could have put the rocket. They could have strapped the rocket on NXT a little bit more if they wanted that mainstream exposure. Well, Triple H had the opportunity to do it, and he. I guess he just didn't do it for them. In Vince's well, eyes, how much more could he do? He had a net. He was on a network. Right, but he had the, the opportunity. He's with. He's building a brand within an entire just global just phenomenon that is WWE if you're if the argument is that he didn't have the business sense behind him okay why couldn't the business people in WWE say okay hey we want this to be mainstream let's roll this out into this 
I think it's one of those like, things. Why would you where, put it all on Triple H if you were? He's because if Triple H, because Triple H is going to be the new Vince to take over that but position. He, but he's going to be, but he's not. The Vince is still Vince. What I'm and saying is though, how do we not know that Vince did not give him that opportunity and Trips didn't captivate on it? Do you, but why wouldn't he? What would be the argument that he? He, maybe he's just not ready. I don't know. I don't look. I don't I, it's like I said. I, I don't want to because I, I I agree that Trips should be that new person to be the the one that takes over WWE. But knowing the way Vince is and listening to this interview, I can see if if that is the reason. I can understand it because. Vince talked about if there's one thing he talked about in this interview was the business side of it, the branding. Those are very, very important to him, especially when they went public. Everything was about business, 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 business. Make me money. And he wasn't making the money. So if he pushed Vince, if he pushed strips back down the line, pushed them down so he can learn more about the business side. Let me show you, you know, let me show you some more things because we obviously know you got the 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 wrestling side down packed. We know you got that. But that's okay if you're a ring of honor. That's okay if you're AEW or you're, if you're impact. We're global. We are a business. A public traded company. We're global. We got to get everybody. We can't just attack the hardcore fan base. Because it's the hardcore fan base. That Vince told, told you. We don't listen to them. They're biased. And we ignore the internet. He said it. So. If Trip is only focusing on that. Then he needs to be in another company. But if we're talking about the WWE, it's more than just wrestling. And I can understand if that's what Vince is thinking. Because, like I said, NXT never grew. It always stayed the same. It it was awesome, but it never became mainstream. That's why when people are moving up, the only people that know who those people are, are us. The hardcore fans. But little Timmy don't know who Tommaso Ciampa is. Little Timmy don't know who Pete Dunne is. Because they ain't watching NXT. They weren't watching it when it was hot. So changes had to be made. They also didn't take the time of character development to even let them see why it's so special. If you have a tag team like they were the doing it in revival. Okay. Uh-huh. Like, how did you? How would you mess that up? I they mean, were built well in NXT, but they still they weren't were. getting the eyes. They were still getting. They still weren't getting the eyes on them. I understand that's, that. They, that's they, not. That's know not. That they weren't getting that mainstream appeal. Yeah. But when they got up to the mainstream, it's like you still didn't do anything with them. But that's, so even if they had gotten that mainstream appeal on NXT, and then they came to Raw SmackDown. 
What if they're going to do the same thing and not do anything with them anyway? We don't know that because they were never mainstream to begin with. They're mainstream technically not, or they're not even mainstream AEW and they still not doing nothing. What's so special about FTR's run in AEW that that was the same in WWE? They're doing the same shit. I mean, I mean, AEW barely has a, a tag team division. No disrespect to Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. Nah, they got a great tag team division. I'm not gonna let you run. Uh, I mean, they have not, one now. I'm not. They've always had Before a their tag. FTR was there. Like I'm not gonna let there. you get away with that. No, they've always had no, a great tag before, team. Before when FTR first got there, they still had a great tag. What team other division. tag teams besides the Young Bucks were there? Lucha Bros. They had. They always had Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy. They always had. Um, uh shit what's the team off the top of my head um they had private party they stay they the tag team has always been their strength uh that what's I won't, private I'll, party been what, that they've built up just like man this is gonna be besides the i'm saying well, all those tags i'm like i know i don't watch AEW as much but the young bucks were already kind of a big deal like they were already the young bucks by then but i mean and that was the match everybody wanted to see. But what else outside of the Young Bucks did FTR get to do that was on that level? Like they were doing an NXT. Like what? I mean, but that's my point. They're technically in the in. They're not really mainstream, but they're on a bigger platform than they are in NXT, and still not doing nothing. So that's just my thing. I, I think, I, I think the thing is we're we're focusing too much on the main roster part we gotta focus solely on nxt when it comes to that because it's the nxt I part think, i don't think that triple h would be like no don't put more eyes on my brand otherwise then why would he have expanded the territory to the uk why would they have been doing all these things well that, that's those- you still got to think about the future of the of wwe he was the developmental but at the same time you still got to show some aspects of growth but and they were not growing not which want... is why we have nxc 2.0 right but so if we're not gonna grow from more this eyes, uh-huh why would he not want more eyes on the i'm not saying he did it i'm saying that his attempts to get the more eyes were not working because they never grew i'm okay, not saying he saying never tried did. i'm saying i'm but saying that based that... what you know, he, you just said that maybe Vince them tried and he didn't want to. You don't know if he wanted no, no, to. No, 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 no. That's not what I'm, if I said that, that's not what I meant. I'm sorry. I said that wrong. I'm saying, I'm saying, I'm not saying Triple H never tried. I'm saying his attempts were, were futile, were futile. They were not working. His wrestling side, he's a genius, but business side, he was not, it was not working. That's what I'm saying. Vincent, the way I interpret that and the way I saw the Vince McMahon interview, you know, obviously he never spoke on Triple H, but I can see now going back to that decision why it was made. Although I still disagree with it, I would still rather have, um, I would still rather have Triple H in charge and still being the success, you know, the, the successor, because I think that if he was the number one person, the wrestling will help improve the mainstream. 
if it happened on Raw and SmackDown. Like, if you had NXT the way NXT was on Raw and SmackDown each week for three hours and two hours every Monday and Friday, WWE is going to grow. I I do agree with that. But the problem was Vince gave him a mini WWE. The way I see it, it's like he gave him a mini WWE. This is your baby. You control every parts of it. I want this is your test run to see if you can handle the entire thing. And the wrestling side, he was 100. He scored 100 on 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 NXT. He scored 100. But on the business side, you got to say he was not up to par. What proves that is that from day one to the end of NXT and the original NXT. It didn't, it stayed the same. It was still hot. People loved it. Everybody still watched it, but their numbers always stayed the same. It didn't matter when they went from WWE Network to USA, from Wednesdays to Tuesdays. They were still the same exact, they were still at the same state. I mean, they didn't you grow. for Vince too? You said what? I said, okay, so on the flip side, could you make that same argument with Vince that he's so ingrained in the business side, but then the wrestling side in the building, the stuff that Triple H was good at, could you argue that Vince and WWE aren't as good as that and they're more focused on the business? Because quite honestly, the ratings for Raw and SmackDown haven't just been amazing. 100% agree with that. Amazing TV deals. I 100% agree with that. You're, you you so hit I mean, it right. You yeah. hit it right. But the thing is, you what you gonna do? Vince is gonna fire himself? No, but exactly. So you, I mean, you gonna you can't really. I I that's why I don't really agree with the thing on Triple H. You can't really hold Triple H's feet to the fire. If Vince is essentially doing the same thing. No, but I I, I, I can if Vince. I'm the like, boss. He, I'm, yeah, if, I'm saying he's Vince. Yeah, so I, I get why. Yeah. That's not going to be necessarily held to the same degree, but it, I mean, at the same time, it's, you know, the brass tacks, like it's kind of the same thing. Like, yeah, no, no, you're, you're right. You're side, 100% but, right with that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I do agree with you on that. I'm not disputing that. I, I just, yes, he needs to hold himself accountable to the same ways. Yeah. I, I definitely agree. But, you know, when you're grooming somebody, you want them to be better than you. And if they ain't better than you, you can't replace him. And I, I think he's he's just, you know, as far as the family thing, going back to that. And I mean, you can't expect somebody to be the full package when you're not exactly operating like that either. No, no, yeah, of course. Better. Of course. I think that's not really fair to Triple H. But Vince ain't so gonna... Uh-huh. Is a rest, right? No, the wrestling part. So I mean, right? And you just—he was smart. Like he, okay. Now you want to bring it that way. You have a, you have a business. Okay, get some business people to help you with that. Bring it up. But right, we'll never really know how that works. Like what happened with that. But well, the, to to finish off the Vince McMahon interview because I think we just had a really great. Uh, conversation um what was 
what's one last thing that you took from this interview uh from vince was there like a a certain moment or like what was there something he said that you just you really like you know you just really enjoyed like what was your favorite part of the interview i guess was the, the thing i should say thought it was kind of cool that you know he said he was going to induct the undertaker i mentioned earlier if you watch the last ride you can tell there is a genuine love and respect for the undertaker from the man and considering the fact that vince doesn't even like people mentioning his name during the hall of fame to him saying i want to be the one to induct him is pretty cool so i'm looking forward to that i think that's for some reason, like I didn't even think of Vince McMahon being the one to induct him. I know pre- some people probably like that makes sense, but because he doesn't like to be on there, that's why I wouldn't have pegged him to do it. But I thought that was pretty cool, so I'm looking forward to seeing how that's gonna work. And considering that we're like less than 30 days away, and like nobody else has been announced for the Hall of Fame, it's like, what's going on with that? I'm just wondering, or is he really going to be like a solo induction? Like people are saying, I know some people say it's not true, but it's like usually by now we would know the other Hall of Famers. So I'm just interested in what's going on with that. Okay. Um, I would just say one last thing for me. I think one of the things that, uh, that I really liked was when he was talking about negatives and, um, focusing on the positives. Um, you know, he said, if you focus on the negatives, it's like a double negative because one, you're focusing on negatives and then two, you're not focusing on positives. So it's like, you know, you always want to just stay positive no matter what's going on. Um, you know, no matter the noise around you, not around, in, um, uh, no matter the noise all around you or just any the situation that's going on in your life. Um, you know, I, I think that's really special. It's kind of funny. He said that I was talking to one of my friends uh, not too long ago about, you know, their life and what they need to do to improve it and stuff like that. And I talked about you got to just focus on the positives. So it was just kind of cool to hear him say that. Um, like I call like I said, I, he's my idol. Um, I really do have so much respect for Vincent Kennedy McMahon Jr. So to hear him say that it just really helps me um keep that same attitude in a way so um but at the end of the day great interview loved everything about this um i hope we get to see more interviews from vince um but i want someone to interview him um as you know don't get me wrong i love pat mcafee throughout the entire time um but i want someone to grill him a little bit more uh, I want to know. I want it. I want like I, I joked uh, on Facebook. I was like, "All right, we got him on the Pat McAfee show. Well, now it's time to get him on the Daddy Fino show. Let me talk to Vince. I guarantee you I get the answers I want. I, I, I'm gonna ask the questions. I, I'm gonna grow the shit out of him. Oh boy! But other than that, you know, it'll happen one day. I I, I can foresee it right now. Uh, but let's get on to the next thing. Um, so we mentioned it before. We have uh, AEW's Revolution, the Road to Revolution, which is tomorrow night. 
eight o'clock uh, on pay-per-view uh, with um, with the preview show at seven on Bleacher Report. Um, this is a hell of a show. I think this is one of the most stacked cards I've ever seen. Actually, I think it is the most stacked card I've ever seen. Um, you know, just going into the buy-in, which is their preview show. Um, you got Hook, the who's like the upcoming superstar for them uh, versus QT Marshall. That's going to be a squash. Who cares? Um, but it's still having him on that show. I think that's pretty cool. Um, they got the House of Black versus, well, which is uh, Malachi Black, Brody King, and Buddy Matthews uh, versus Death Triangle with uh, Pac, Penta, and the returning Eric Redbeard, uh, who yep. returned last night at Rampage. Um, and then you also got Layla Hirsch versus Chris Stantlander, um, which, you know, it, that's a decent buying card. Obviously, the hook match. Well, just seeing Hook and House of Black versus Death Triangle, that's going to be awesome. Um, that triple threat. I mean, not triple, that uh, six-man tag team. Um, but as far as the actual card, uh, the main card, like I said, 8 o'clock on Fight TV and Bleacher Report. Um, I, I mean, I, when you, I'm just going to run down these matches real quick, and then we can give our opinions on them. Um, so we got the AFH, AHFO. Which is Andrade, Matt Hardy, and Isaiah Cassidy versus Darby Allen, Sting, and Sammy Guevara in a six-man tornado match. We got John Moxley versus Brian Danielson. We got uh, Jay Cargill, the TBS champion, uh, defending against Tay Conti. Chris Jericho versus Eddie Kingston. Uh, we got Jurassic Express, which is Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. Um, defending the title against Red Dragon, Bobby Fish, and Kyle O'Reilly, and the Young Bucks in a three-way tag team match for the tag team championships. We got Keith Lee, Orange Cassidy, Powerhouse Hobbs, Ricky Starks, Wardlow, and Christian Cage uh, in the face of the Revolution ladder match, where the winner will get a future TNT title match. We have Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, uh, versus Thunder Rosa for the AEW Women's Championship. We have CM Punk versus MJF in a dog collar match. Uh, what, a, what a hell of a promo by CM Punk yesterday, also on Rampage. Um, and then we have Hangman Adam Page, Cowboy Shit, defending this title against Adam Cole, Bay Bay, for the AEW World Championship. Sasha, I, I know you don't watch much AEW, but you have been you've been slowly, slowly getting on board and watching more and more. Uh, I've been doing my due diligence. I'm a serious journalist, so I, I want I, I gotta know. I just I just mentioned this card. Tell me tell me your thoughts on it. Please tell me your thoughts because this is oh god, this is this is great. This is so great, ladies and gentlemen. That like Pat McAfee, I also used to steal WrestleMania shows and AEW shows. I'm buying this pay per view. I'm, I'm just throwing sorry. it out. There. I, I'm sorry, please don't arrest me. But I, I'm just saying, don't sue me. But I'm just saying, I am buying this pay per view. You heard it here first. Breaking news. Sasha, give me your thoughts. Well, I've, I've been gently wading into the. Uh, 
to the AEW pool. I actually caught Rampage last night, and I was uh, watching it, and I told you that I think after Rampage went off the air, they had like a show countdown or revolution where they kind of went down the card. Um, I mean, yeah, it looks... What I think I, I can appreciate about AEW is that a lot of these... I mean, not all of them, but even for somebody who's not as familiar, it was easy to latch on to a lot of these feuds and kind of understand what's going on. AEW is not perfect, but I appreciate and I like the direction that they're going because some of the stuff that they do right, it's really good. Like, let me see, going over the card here. I caught the middle to end of the Andrade, Sammy Guevara, and Darby Allen match. And it was pretty good. Like, it was, I mean, the only oh, the triple threat about it yesterday? Huh? You said the yeah. triple threat? Yeah, okay. That was yeah. a really good match. I definitely. Did. Yeah, the only parts that I didn't like is like the, the same complaint in certain triple threat matches. It's like some of the time you can tell, you know, the third guy is kind of waiting for a specific spot and they just kind of jump right in. Right. It seemed a little bit more obvious yesterday, but when the action did pick up and they were all three of them were involved, it was really good. Um, but yeah, I mean, clearly to me, the matches that stand out are Jericho and Eddie Kingston, because I did end up watching the promo between Kingston and Jericho, and that pretty much like, sold me on it. It was really good. I really enjoy Eddie Kingston. Um, the few things that I have seen from him. The interesting story between Daniel Bri- I mean, Brian Danielson and John Moxley, it's different. I like it. It's like, you know, he, you know, Brian wants to, for them to link up and Moxley's like, I'm not gonna, I usually don't fight along aside somebody else. I bleed with them first. And I really, I, it might be a stretch, but I kind of, in my heart of hearts, feel like that's like a, a nice little nod to the shield because, I mean, those are his brothers and you have to kind of prove yourself to him before you can ride with John Mox. So I kind of appreciate that. And that definitely just goes along with his character. Um, I don't know too much about Adam Page besides cowboy shit. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I mean, I, okay, it sounds like it's going to be good. The one that I'm looking forward to the most, though, MJF and CM Punk because they do some wild shit. I saw that promo that Punk did yesterday covered in blood. And I saw the MJF promo that he did talking about when he was bullied and how he had ADHD and how he felt like, you know, he wanted to be a wrestler because of Punk and now he wants to be a wrestler in spite of Punk. Yeah. I saw the picture, the shirt, the shirt with the blood on it now. Like it's Did you see Did you see the actual Facebook post that he posted back in I think it was 2015? No, I did not. It was there's like he actually posted uh um about that. Like that promo was real and he talked about <laughs> you know leaving football and leaving all that to do something that he loves and that was professional wrestling um someone found the post and actually put it out there that that was crazy um that was real shit and that made me actually really really like i was already you know starting to get into the field already um 
but that definitely made this like the must-see for me the must-see match on this card yeah so the things that they're doing right those matches in particular are were making me like hmm, i want to see this too the other matches i mean i don't have any issue i really i want to i'm not sorry i cannot you guys need to see more and maybe it's their gimmick and they're working it really well i can't stand the young bucks like i I cannot (laughs) i can't stand them and maybe they're just doing their job really well i just can't get behind it they're just yeah they it's it it takes a while to get used to the young bucks i I think even when i first saw them so i first saw them in new japan um like many years ago and it was the style of wrestling it was different um and then as i kept watching their matches it it was just like good match after good match after good match great match great match great match like they're they're it takes some time to get used to them and then just the way they act like they're very obnoxious and like it's i guess that's their gimmick yeah that's just how they've been like you know ever since they were in bullet club and even like i think bullet club really brought it out and then you know people just fell in love with it um and like i said they do put on great matches it's always going to be entertaining when you have the young bucks in a tag team match so you know it may be a spot fest, but it's uh, it's is entertainment, and I, I definitely, I definitely like the Young Bucks for sure. I, I don't know. I'm, I guess I'm just still on that road to kind of get to. Yeah, you'll get there. With, I think you'll get there. With um, watching, you know, finding out they have like a, a triple threat tag team match going on with Red Dragon. I mean, honestly, I'd rather watch Red Dragon. Than Jurassic Express, just be honest with you. But Young Bucks are in there, so it's to build. It, it's to build a bigger story than that. Yeah, it seems, it's, I, I guess Red Dragon was, especially since they're affiliated with Adam Cole and Adam Cole's with the Young Bucks. Aren't they kind of like? It's is that what they're leading to. Okay. It's leading That's to Adam Cole versus um, Kenny Omega. Okay, that's. I guess I assume that's what they were. They were leading to something like that. I'm. Yeah. I'm not a big bucks, but um, another. Um, I told you last night I was texting you when I was watching Rampage. So my daughter, she was watching it and she actually enjoyed it. And her favorite part, and I guess my favorite part too, is I'd never heard Jurassic Express theme song before. Whoa! And so watching the crowd. <laughs> That was really cute, and I really liked it. I've been a part of it several times, so (laughs) it's definitely... I didn't know, and I was like, what What is that? And I thought that was pretty cool, but yeah, man, I mean, AW, they're... I can see it. They're doing some things. I I get it. I can see now what's going on. I kind of want to see what's going to happen to you tomorrow. I wanted to talk to you about the women, though. Jake Cargill and Tay Conti. Clearly, Tay Conti's not winning tomorrow. So let's get that out the way. She, yeah, um, she better not. <laughs> she's not winning. Um, people have made comments about Jade Cargill, how she's a great character. Her ring work might not be there yet, but she's training with Brian Danielson. So I mean, hey, that's that's good work if you can get it, man. Um, 
it always it's weird to me and it might be like a stick in the mud thing with this but the fact that they can just curse on that show it's like whoa whoa yeah (laughs) if you're not if you're not used to it yeah they they say a lot they they definitely you know they definitely use bitch a lot um they'll they'll definitely you know say the f word and all that like they'll say a lot and i get it i i like it you know uh i have no problems with it at all yeah i'm not Um, it's just when you've been trained on watching something like wwe for so long like right it's like yo she's what did jay cargill say she was like oh um that fucking bitch (laughs) it was funny I was like, whoa, okay. But um, yeah, I mean, Kulite Conti's not leaving. But I wanted to ask you specifically about something that you tweeted about that you like Britt Baker, the character, but you're not yeah. all the way sold on Britt Baker, the wrestler. I'm not. I've never been, to be honest with you. Um, I love, like I said, Britt Baker, DMD, you know, awesome. Gray on the mic. Um, definitely improved as a character, um, especially as a heel and all this. But yeah, her in-ring work is not. I'm just not a fan of it. it she has. She doesn't do anything for me that is like good. Like she's not a bad wrestler, but she's not entertaining to me. Like when I think of the best women in the world, like I I think like the top ten are in WWE for me. <laughs> like. Because they're both they're better in the ring. Like she's no Sasha, she's no Charlotte, she's no um, she's no Becky, no Bailey. Uh, she's not Oscar in the ring. She's not Eo. You know, like she's not Thunder Rosa. You know, like Thunder Rosa and even Hikaru Shida. Those two are like to me miles ahead of. Britt Baker in the ring um, but character wise she's miles ahead of them so it's like you know it's, it's just a weird uh, it's a weird dynamic that they have because they don't have anyone in AEW from the women's side that has both in my opinion right uh, Thunder Rosa could be but she speaks English well and she but I you know, as a character, though, as far as like promo skills, like I, I don't think she's there yet. I think she will get there, but she she doesn't have both. Um, I think they need someone that can be both um, and they need that quickly. If not, think the women's division is going to drop. Kind of said with Jay Cargill, like she has the personality, she has the look, she just doesn't have the experience in the right ring. yeah she's too fresh um yeah I mean, there's a, Soho, I mean <laughs> don't get me started on Ruby Soho, Soho. But, yeah don't get yes, me started on no, Ruby Soho. but god I think that's definitely the weakness oh, she was such a game changer could... hasn't been used in like 10 weeks okay okay oh but... my god the 30th pick in the thing and didn't do shit like let people have their moment i still take Liv morgan i even take a pregnant uh sarah sarah logan over her like come on anyway look 
just getting back to the card. Um, oh, I want to make this announcement since you are getting into AEW. Next, after our after this season of because you know we have our little competition of you know our predictions and stuff like that. After this season is over, so after WrestleMania, and then we get to to the next run of predictions. By then, you should love AEW and and be a fan and watch it you on the on the regular. We will be adding AEW shows to our predictions. Okay, so more opportunities to defend my title. Gotcha. You're barely winning. Okay. You're you're only up to. I'm about to I'm about to destroy you at WrestleMania. So I, I may not even get a pick wrong at WrestleMania. To be honest with you, I may not. I'm just saying. And do I have a straight fast prediction? I may have one or two up my sleeve. If history has taught you anything, which I hope it has, been, I, yeah, I, I got the last one right, so I'm I'm on a streak. Out of how many? It doesn't matter. It does. It does not matter. All I know is, look, at the end of the day, you're lucky I'm not making one about tomorrow. Okay, but I don't see one that I can make. But I will, let me just get, I'll just, let's just do a quick prediction thing, just real quick. Adam Cole, Adam Page, who you got? Who would you pick? Adam Cole. I would too. Um, Punk and MJF. That's one of the matches you're excited for. Ooh. <laughs> Can we say that one for last anymore? Okay, we'll save it for last. Uh, Britt Baker and Dunla Rosa. Oh, how long has Britt break? How long has Britt Baker been champion? For as for a long time. Very long yeah. time. Uh, I don't know. If a, I think I heard on Rampage. Didn't they say what's her name? Paige Van Zant. Is Isn't signing. She? she is apparently signing with the company tomorrow night or next Wednesday on Dynamite. So I, I guess she's I'll like the cheap Brit- version of Ronda. So I guess I'll say Britt Baker then. Okay, I, I do too. Um, let's see the face of the Revolution ladder match: Keith Lee, Orange Cassidy, Hobbs, Starks, Wardlow, Christian Cage. Who you got? Mm. Yes, I would say Keith Lee. I don't really know anything about Wardlow. I don't know anything. I'm going. About I'm going Wardlow. Uh, I think that he's getting that push to eventually leave. Um, to eventually leave the side of MJF. He's been. They've been leaning towards for heavy, and I think that's the perfect time to do it. Okay. Uh, so Wardlow wins that. Um, Jurassic Express, Young Bucks, and Red Dragon for the tight tag team titles. Who you, who you got? <laughs> Again, guys, remember I don't really watch AEW as much. I'm going with my sentimental favorite. Um maybe Jurassic Express because of what's happening or what seemingly is starting up with Red Dragon and Young Bucks. So I would say Jurassic Express. I agree. I, I think that the main this match was just basically to further the feud between the Young Bucks and, and Red Dragon. So I agree yeah. with you on that. Uh, we already, you already said Jake Cargill for Jake Conti, and I agree with yep. you. Um, 
uh, Moxley and Danielson. This is hard too. Uh, man, because then you don't want John Moxley to lose his first match back. Um, on a major pay per view. Yeah, but then if like Daniel Bryan, Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson, if he loses, he's always Bryan Daniel. He's always Daniel Bryan. I don't care what he wants to say. <laughs> Ooh, well, I mean, even so, if Bryan Danielson loses, maybe there's a chance that they might team up because uh, I guess how the match would go, like maybe he'd because he didn't necessarily say that he had to beat him. He just said he had him. to bleed with him. Yeah, like you didn't say you had to beat him to for him to join. So I could see Moxie winning. I, I, or could this be do you really think they would go and try to do the the stable idea like Brian wants? Or I think that's like I think it's definitely to... I think it's definitely happening. Okay. So I guess I would say John Moxley based on him coming back first major pay-per-view match and what he didn't say was that you know Brian didn't have to beat him from rejoin him so I-, I guess I'll go Moxley I'm picking Moxley um also because Moxley has never beaten Brian Danielson in one-on-one um yeah they have mentioned that in I think one of the first uh meetings that they had um so yeah Moxley got to get the win and I think he uh Brian Danielson will um earned the respect i guess of moxley um they're probably see, like the the video package that they did where they kind of spliced in the match that they had that moxley was referring to i did not see that i yeah. have to check that, that was out that that show last night you should watch it it was really good okay um all right and then let's go to the the last one sam punk and mjf no we didn't do jericho and Kingston. oh i'm sorry i did skip that one jericho eddie kingston uh, Eddie Kingston. You're going Eddie Kingston. I <sighs> he can't lose again. Like from what I gathered from the program last night, like he's lost to like almost everybody. Yeah, he I think again. he he probably needs. Uh, yeah, I would say yeah, Eddie Kingston also. Um, yeah, it would make more sense for Eddie Kingston to win that match. So yeah, Eddie Kingston. I yeah, I would agree with you on that one. Um, and then last but not least, CM Punk and MJF dog collar match and a quick side question should it main event uh man the old school in me is like no the title should go last but i mean this is probably this is without a doubt the most personal view i wouldn't be mad if it went last so either yeah i wouldn't be mad if it was last and i i think it's with good reason i still don't know who's gonna win though I don't maybe punk, but then it's I don't know. I think I think I would lean towards punk, but if it was me, I would pick MJF to win this. Like if it was my decision on who wins this match. Didn't MJF beat Punk before though? Yes. Okay. I thought I heard that. He beat him in Chicago. Hmm. He cheated to win, but he did beat him in Chicago. Which it would make sense. Punk gets the victory to get that win back. I think if you really want to make MJF the superstar, like like a greater star, I, I think MJF should beat Punk again. 
Is there ever an appropriate moment where it won't feel like the wind is taken out of your sails as a fan for a match to end in a no contest? Is there ever an appropriate time, you think? I don't... um... And I say that because it's like, you can make an argument for both of them winning. You can make an argument for one of them to, like, you know, either want to lose, but it's like... The only only argument I have for Punk winning is he needs to get the win back. But I don't think that... I don't see the positives like what ha- like what what can what great can come from him winning and getting that win back. Like if it was me, MJF not only wins and makes infers himself as the biggest heel in the company yeah. or the best heel in the company, I should say. Um, but it can create a story narrative for CM Punk. What if give him direction that he it'll be like, okay, well wait. Maybe I'm not the best in the world anymore. Maybe now I gotta be, you know, I gotta earn that back. So then you got CM Punk going through battles trying to earn that best in the world moniker back again. Maybe even leads him to a heel run. Something. And now MJF always tried to be CM Punk. Well, now CM Punk tries to be like MJF. Bam! Oh man, I just oh woo. hire me, Tony. Oh boy. That was a bar okay. right there. That was a straight fire bar right there. You have swayed me. I will pick MJF. I, I'm just I, I think Punk is probably gonna win, but I, if it was me, I'm going MJF. My heart says MJF. He's he's the second best heel in the world right now behind um the Miz, obviously, because of AJ Styles. Um and one last thing before we head out. Um, I forgot to, I'm shocked I didn't mention it earlier, but because we are talking AEW, we did have some big AEW news um, last Wednesday on Dynamite. Tony Khan is now the new owner of Ring of Honor. This is huge uh, for several reasons. Obviously, buying a company. A, you know, well-known wrestling company uh, that's big enough as is. Um, I mean, ooh, there's rumors that this is probably going to be like a developmental uh, brand for AEW. I guess sort of like NXT is. What, what, what do you think? I don't know. I... First of all, I do think it's a great idea. It's a good thing for wrestling. It's always a good to have an alternative, more companies, more opportunities for people to work. Um, if it does become a developmental brand, I mean, we just literally had a whole conversation about right. And in their developmental, so I don't know what's going to happen with that. I mean, do you think it's possible that he just owns it, but kind of? You know, maybe a little tweaks here and there, but just kind of brings back the old guard and have let them do their own thing. Back and do their own thing. I thought that'd be cool. You know, yeah, because it throw back to when Vince was kind of helping fund ECW, like right, right. Um, I I can see it that way. I mean, either way, I think it's a good idea for the for the company. I think it will help AEW. 
Um, I, I tweeted though that uh, well WWE got stuff it up now. They gotta buy Impact, um, and they gotta buy Impact and NWA. Um, just just buy them all. Um, I know Vince. No, I know Trips. Uh, try to buy Ring of Honor or something like that, like for the WWE. Um, there was discussions about that a couple months ago. Um, but I, yeah, I think it's a great idea for AEW. I, I was shocked by that. Uh, that's not what I expected the news to be. I wanted it to be that AEW is going to be on HBO Max, um, which I think is still going to happen eventually. But it'll be, you know, pretty much what the WWE is to Peacock. Uh, you know that same concept so it, that's what i was hoping it didn't happen but i think that's coming eventually so big news big win for AEW and tony khan um still not a fan of them but i still respect them uh and i'm happy for what he's doing for the business yeah yes so. i i think so, it's cool i would rather him just let the them run our way to me he's just owner and name and everything but let's see what happens it's it's a cool time it's very cool i wasn't expecting that for sure <laughs> but tony khan taking over one wrestling company well two now so. yeah two right yeah, <laughs> yeah. um all right so this was a very very good show we got kind of got into it a little bit with the vince mcmahon triple h thing um but it was exciting, brought some exciting excitement out of this uh, this episode that I really enjoyed, Sasha. Um, but before we head out of here, just one last thing. Um, so we are going to have two episodes before WrestleMania. We're going to have our very next episode, which I'm going to get to in just a second. And then we're going to have our WrestleMania preview where we will make our predictions and talk about wrestlemania it'll be a whole show all about wrestlemania um we mentioned that our one year anniversary is the 19th of march um and because of that we're going to have a very um special show for that day um because we are going to have our very first guest um well let me no let me correct myself technically our very first guest together because we did have your husband on the show um but i wasn't there for that episode but this is going to be our very first guest together and it's a big name it's a very big name um uh his name he is the host of the show the big scoop with coop um his name is michael cooper um this is a a well-known uh uh interviewer um he has interviewed the likes of ken shamrock uh, the coach um so he's very very in tune with celebrities um i think he even i think don't hold me to this but i think he he interviewed cedric entertainer also um on his show but please don't hold me to it because i can't remember off the top of my head um but there's a big get for us there's a huge uh he has a huge platform a huge fan base um and that is something that to get him on the show was a huge get for us. Uh, worked really hard to get that, make that happen. And we finally got it. We finally agreed on when we can record and all this. So episode four 
we got the big scoop with Michael Cooper on our show. What are your thoughts, Sasha? I'm excited. Um, when we first started putting the show together, you told me about Coop and I was really excited to just hear, you know, just to actually get to talk to him and get to hear his thoughts. Because um, like I said, I've never talked to him, but you guys are friends. So it's always cool to just get to talk to another fan and especially somebody who has experience, yes. you know, with podcasting and kind of get pick his brain a little bit. That'll be fun and interesting. So I'm excited. I yeah. think I think if we're in a good place, I think this is a better time for us to have this interview because we're almost a year in we kind of yes. got our footing we kind of know our roles now um i think it's the perfect way to celebrate our anniversary by having this so i'm, I, I'm with it oh and i'm going to by the way during that episode i am going to be attacking i don't want to say it you know you know what no no i'm going to be calling out a well-known wrestling interviewer i have to I will be making a call out and I have facts. I have receipts to prove it because I was the one that noticed. I was the one to notice it. Let's just say that. Let me take this opportunity to point out that when Pino decides to attack somebody, he does not discuss it with me prior. So no, I'm not telling you either. I am called. I did mention the person's name though. Going to be just as surprised as the rest of you. I, I did don't know what mention his name. Oh, what he's I, rolling around in there, but I guess we'll have to find out together. I'm calling him out. That's all I'm saying. He's getting called out. I have to defend someone's name. And it has to be during that episode with Michael Cooper, the big scoop of Coop. It, it, it's it's got to get done. Because honor has to be it, it, it has to be upheld. That's all I got to say about that. But ladies and gentlemen, this was episode three of the Daddy Fino Show. I'm your boy, Daddy Fino, Bay Bay. She is Sasha, the legit king, the mistress of legitness. We out of here. Peace. Adios, guys.